I was Again? born ready. That was his answer. Okay. <laughs> Finding the right tools for you. I mean, this this is one of those conversations that we've 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 gone around around the houses a little bit. Mm. Uh, but this is going to be a, a direct a direct conversation about finding the right tools because we spoke about invisible apps and I saw on Twitter the other day that uh, you got into a conversation with, I can't remember who it was, I think it was Will, Will? maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, with what invisible apps mean to you and that was a previous episode if you want to have a look at the, the backlog of episodes. Uh, and this one, yeah, this one's going to be interesting. Yeah, and and I mean, I think this this for me is kind of something that I'm incredibly passionate about. And I really care deeply about finding the actual right tools, the right solutions, understanding how you work and how, actually, I'm going to clarify that a bit more, understanding how you work well. When you're able to work well, you're able to stay in, you know, the flow state, the the mystical flow state, which is impossible to get into unless you do a structured beginning. And um. I struggle getting out of flow states. I was going to say, cow poo. Hmm? Cow poo. What? Bullshit. Yes. Why don't you just say bullshit then? But yeah, my my biggest problem with, with flow is getting out of it, not staying in it. And once you find the right tools, and I, and I think invisible apps kind of comes into this. It's like, as I said on Twitter, it's not necessary that there is no friction because that is kind of impossible. The example that Will gave was like paper and pen. Well, that still has friction. You've got to find the paper. You've got to find the right pen. And if the right pen is, there we go, look, see? You, you've got to have paper. You've got to have paper and have I, th- I think I've got paper. a notepad like in my bag, which is like in the garage somewhere. <laughs> you've got to have some form. There is always going to be friction. Friction will always exist, no matter what solution you find it's the right type of friction the friction like i'm gonna use a bowling analogy i'd never bowl but you know it's a good did a video on bowling how all the science behind it It was a great video that is fascinating i'm gonna go look at that in a minute but it's like i've got i've got it on my publish (laughs) of course you do of course you do but like um it's like having the barriers go up it's not ideal you shouldn't really, you should learn how to bowl, some people would say. But the barriers are kind of getting you used to rolling the ball down, like the gutter barriers, I think they're called. Yeah. <laughs> it's, way, it's way more fun with barriers because you, you, you just ping it off the sides. So I'm never accurate without it. <laughs> but I yeah, haven't exactly. bowled since I was like nine, so. Yeah, I, I haven't bowled for a very long time. And it, it's like, if you can't, work in a certain way your system should support you it shouldn't be trying to fix you it should guide you in the way you work and this is how the finding the right tools matter if you understand how you work you can be in flow all the flipping time because you'll have the capacity to stay in flow because the tools will guide and support you and then the friction points is kind of like the barriers are like hey come back Come back in the middle and it can give you that understanding and kind of like the training wheels of you. So like when you get stuck into that perfectionist over performer, because I have different profiles, which you can take in the link below. Oh, look at that. Um, of like the different profiles of like the baselines of how you 
function and how you work when things are going wrong. Your system should never, and I think we said this right back in season one, of like your system should like your systems aren't for when you're working well, they're for when you're not. Systems are only there to support you when things aren't working. If you're having a great day and things are working really well, you don't need system because things are working. Your system and the tools that you use are there to guide you when things are feeling a little bit wobbly, which from a business perspective is nearly all the time because business is complicated and hard and there is no clear like step by step in business and your system kind of supports you in making keeping on moving keeping movement and to give kind of like a, a tangible example of this from my 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 life experience when i had my surgery uh, on my eye and obviously i couldn't see out of it looking at screens was essentially impossible that's why i stopped streaming because I, I just can't look at screens too long especially with bright lights which is why the light is now behind there because i i can't have it in front of me it's just not possible i could do it for like I don't know, a couple of minutes for a thumbnail for a thumbnail picture but that's about it uh and what I what I realized during surgery and the rest of it and and looking at screens is that I, I needed a screen, not necessarily a, a screen, but an app that didn't throw too much information at me and that I could customize in my own way. So with Notion, yes, I can go dark mode or light mode, but the text, I'd either have to zoom in. So I could see the text, which would then mean I'd have to change the formatting of the um, of the page. The columns weren't working um, because my eyesight was changing on a daily basis. I was zooming in and out of Notion uh, and the recurring tasks. Sometimes things were going wrong. So I'd have to look at the screen slightly longer than I would want to. Um, and the screen was bigger. I was looking at my tasks and my projects on a big screen. And that's more light where I was like, I need it on my phone and on my phone notion isn't as useful it, it just isn't for me um which is why todoist for tasks made way more sense because todoist is on my phone I, I didn't have to worry about it so i could just quickly flick my phone on with the lowest brightness whereas my screens i'm not going to turn my brightness all the way down for like a couple of seconds <laughs> and turn my screen off and yeah it's just too much hassle so having because my phone's brightness is low having low brightness plus an easy read widget where there's the task just do that next 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 rather than having to push into the app look at the phone for longer it was one of those small issues it's a very small thing and now i'm out of surgery and it doesn't really matter either way uh, and the same can be said for my note taking and the same can be said for events. It's when, when I had that surgery with my eye, I was like, I don't want to be looking at a screen at all. So I wanted to be on my phone uh, or I wanted to be on an app that I could change the viewing experience whenever, however I wanted, um, which Google Calendar on my phone did most of that to do this again, did most of that. And any notes that I did take was on Obsidian and Obsidian at the time. Uh, I was changing the CSS. So <laughs> I was drastically changing what was going on and understanding how CSS works in Obsidian is way easier than Notion. I still don't know how to do it in Notion, but then I stopped trying. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's kind of, <clears throat> for you, I think it leads on to our kind of, our next point of like the sunk cost fallacy of tools and apps. Mm. The common um, thing that I speak to my uh, to clients and people I speak to about this is like well I've been in Asana for like years and I have all of my stuff in and I know how it works it just works 
would what they actually mean is I'm used to the nonsense that doesn't fit for me. And so it's like describing like and 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 understanding when the sunk cost is just moving past that sunk cost for you, because you literally did a 180 on your system. Like you yeah. completely changed everything. You went from notion, which is very desktop focused, to all mobile focused. Describe, like, did you experience sunk cost fallacy and how did you move past that? I'm really intrigued. Yes, but for a different reason. So moving moving away from Notion had nothing to do like with not wanting to move away from Notion. Like I wasn't fussed. If there was another app that was better, I was going to move, which is why I tested out so many different apps while still using Notion. I was... I mean, you, you joked a few times, like, how many apps are you using right now? Oh, like 20. Because uh, I was using so many different tools to try and find one that sort of did the thing that I wanted to do at the time. Uh, so the sunk cost fallacy wasn't in the tool itself. It was in the amount of effort I put on the YouTube channel. Because I had done, at the time, 104-ish videos with, uh, I think it was like 20 live streams so you're you're looking at close to 200 hours worth of content online about notion and there's more of it up now uh, on multiple channels so i didn't want to be seen as the person oh he's just left notion because of whatever reason uh, for the drama or whatever it, it was one of those things that was going through my head oh he's left notion for the for the attention he'll go back to it so i wanted to make sure that if i was going to announce yeah i'm, I'm not using notion anymore it was because I've been using something for a while. I'd been using Todoist for two months before I even said like anywhere on social media that I was going to leave. Uh, Google Calendar I've been using for seven or eight months because of meetings and the rest of it. I just didn't link it up with Notion because it was just API wasn't out. And when the API did come out, it was missing things. And I was like, oh, I'm not faffing around with this anymore. Uh, recurring tasks was a pain in the bum as well. Um, and then for Obsidian, I used that about a month and a half uh, and the reason that one was so short was because it just solved so many issues for me. Uh, I've got to so- admit, like, it was interesting for my, because I'm still very new in the Obsidian world of, like, using Obsidian. But it was quite scary how quick I moved. Mm. Like, I'm one who takes a lot of time, and I am incredibly pessimistic. <laughs> I'm just like, nah, this isn't going to work. I look for problems because... I have a critical eye when it comes to tools because there are so freaking many of them. And I have spent so many years trying to find the right tool. And Notion for so long was the perfect tool, was the perfect tool for the way that my brain was working, for the way that I was functioning. It was the, I think we spoke about this in the first episode of season two of of this season, of like this, like Notion opened up a world of, hey, you can think how you think and work how you work and it will help you to do so. Mm. Um, and so at the end of my most recent video, I did a, <laughs> my most recent video is actually about Notion. It's about Notion, but also about like the other tools I'm using, kind of like a bit of an update with what what's happened in 2021 with Notion um, and why the updates still haven't helped me <laughs> or forced me to move back in any way. Uh, relating to the point that you said with finding a problem. With Notion, I learned what my problems were, like what features I wanted, what elements of the app that I used, what elements I didn't use, where the friction points were. So I knew what I was looking for. 
I knew what I wanted. I knew what I didn't want. And I, I knew what problems to look for. And Obsidian just happened to be the one that I came across. I was like, I can't find a problem yet. I'm going to keep using this. I still can't find a problem yet. I'm going to keep using this. And I'm still trying to find a problem with it. <laughs> uh, likewise, in fact, I'm, I'm exactly the same. It's just like Obsidian is, for me, I think I've said this before in a previous episode, the reason why I moved from Notion to Obsidian, and to be perfectly frank, I haven't moved most of the stuff inside of my A&E into Obsidian yet because why it's there when i want it and then i'll move so i uh i actually have my ideas and notes database in notion i i'd kept it there for ages but the video that i did i it was the first time i'd actually been into my space my 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 actual notion uh in almost a year because <laughs> whenever i went into notion it was someone else's workspace um, but yeah, I went in there and I was like, oh, I've still got this database. I had two and a half thousand notes in there. I scrolled down. Almost all of them had either been recreated in Obsidian without me like realizing, uh, or they were just completely redundant pieces of information that I, I didn't need, didn't use ever. Uh, it's like, why did I clip that? I went into it. I was like, oh, it's a complete waste of time. So I, I spent three hours going through my notes and ideas database to see if there was anything missing. There wasn't. So I just deleted it. I deleted two and a half thousand notes in Notion and I didn't need any of them. Whereas yeah. if I was to do the same thing in Obsidian, I would want all of them. <laughs> and I think that's very much the, I think you touched on exactly why I moved because Notion was just storage. It was info storage. It was info dumping and storage. That was it. It was never to do anything with, whereas with, with Obsidian, with the way that I've set it up, which is basically your way, um, because it just, it, it works. I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I don't have time to reinvent the wheel. I'm now starting to tweak it a little bit to be more fitting to me and I'm experimenting and exploring, but your framework has literally helped me to use it because it's simple, it's easy, and it's fast. I don't have to think about what I'm doing. I just have to do it. I can just go, finish what I'm doing, and then get out. To me, that's frictionless. There is no waiting notion i mean it's not notion's fault it's online whereas obsidian is not online i had my very very first slow motion in a like slow moment in obsidian the other day do you know what i was doing i moved a a a file that had i think it was like 214 215 something like that uh backlinks i i moved the file to a different folder and it blipped for like a millisecond. <laughs> I, 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 renamed, I renamed a file that had like 70 something references. So it had to rename 70 files. A blip. Like I typed a letter and I was like, where's that? Oh, it's there. <laughs> but but it, it renamed 70 files like that. I was like, whoa. Okay. And all of those are local files. It's not like a, oh, a cloud based. Oh, I'm just changing this thing. It's, it renamed 70 files. In under a second. It's because just... they're tiny files. And I think that's where yeah. that's why Obsidian mattered and, and the when to switch and when not kind of subject, because that's really important to kind of touch on. Because often there are two schools of thought. There is I'm just gonna keep switching because it's a new shiny object and it looks pretty and it's gonna fix everything for me. I'm um, guilty. Ever, 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 ever does guilty too. 
And then there's the other school of thought of, I've got to stay with what I've got because that's literally all I've got. And that's the only thing that's ever going to work. And there's never any other option. And it's almost like app loyalty. Also, gu- also guilty. Cheers, camera. Yeah. And I, I don't think I'm as guilty of that one because I've used so many tools. Um, but I'm certainly guilty of keeping things in certain places. And this is something that I'm having to sort of <laughs> relearn, rework uh, myself in that a lot of the essays, a lot of the research I did at university, I want now. <laughs> like I want it now. Um, but I got rid of them all because they were essays. And most of the essays themselves were written in like three to five hours because I did not care about assessments. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say, don't you? Yeah, backups. Um, yeah. Well, it, it's not... It wasn't a, oh, I've lost it. It's a, I deliberately deleted them. (laughs) I just deliberately got rid of them because I had no intention of using them. Story Um, time. Story time now. I'm going to interrupt slightly because I know exactly that experience because there is a uh, recording. So I used to do music. So that's where I came from for people who are new to us. Um, I was a music teacher. I did music singing. I was a musical theater kid, but never did musical theater. Um, but I did, I did actually did a, um, a qualification, uh, a singing exam. And I was talking to a client about my singing exam where I did um, music of the night and how I'm going to link it to my business now, like Phantom of the Opera, the mask of how we just do things and how I managed to connect and find a link. She went, oh, you should get that recording back and like just preview a little bit in your video. It's probably not going to happen. I'm probably not going to do that. I may do that depending on if I must. And I still haven't I... heard you play the piano. No. I wonder why that, well, you can't now. It's not in the room. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, um, and the idea, I had, I couldn't find the file even with my backups. And I wanted that file. It was on an SD card on the original sd card stayed on the original sd card backed up i mean if i really wanted the essays i could get them because obviously i had to submit them so the university has to have a copy stored for plagiarism purposes so they can track to see whether someone has copied my essay or not so i could if i wanted get the essay back um but the the purpose of me wanting the essays is because i want the references (laughs) i don't actually want the essay but i mean i so for those familiar with academics, uh, you get marked out of 100. For, so undergraduate degree, if you get 40 out of 100, it's a pass. 50 is a, the next grade, then 60, then anything above 70 is the first. Uh, in master's, it starts at 50 and then goes upwards. Uh, so most of my essays averaged second year when like I didn't care, they averaged at like 50. Third year when I cared, they averaged 80 something, like 80. Three, I think was my average eight or well, 82.7, something like that. Some weird number. Um, but it was it was way into the firsts. So those essays were written really, really quickly, but I had loads and loads of references, and I want those references back. Um, and when it comes to like the, the switch of information, I wish, I just wish that when I had stored that information, I had I'd stored the information separately rather than as one summarized project. Uh, and and kept the individual parts, which is the exact reason why in my notes now I have each individual video 
as a separate file rather than just saying, here's a summarized project, end of conversation, uh, like I did with my essays. I want them individual because most of the time when I have a summarized project, I want a small part of that project to use elsewhere, which is the atomic note. Yay. <laughs> so yeah, and, and like just with the when to switch, when to not, with with the atomic notes and having the atomic notes somewhere, wherever that is, means that if I do switch, I can take what I want and leave what I don't want. <laughs> I was actually just like in between conversations. We recorded two today because busy next week. Um, but I was briefly talking about brain and forgetting and our brain forgets things on purpose because there's some information we just don't need. And that is where Atomic Notes is very useful because in a summarized project, I don't want all five, 10, 20, if it's a dissertation, 100 plus pages of information. I might just want one quote or one reference from something. I, I vividly remember uh, I did an essay in my second year undergraduate sports coaching and there was a reference of uh, someone basically quoting a strength and conditioning professional uh, and he was quoting what strength and conditioning coaching means to him. Uh, and it was a, a, a psychosocial model of what coaching is in the strength and conditioning field. And I was doing an essay in my master's degree on socialization of coach education, which again was strength and conditioning coaching. And I wanted that reference. I wanted that quote. And I had to read the whole friggin' essay to try and find it <laughs> because I didn't have an atomic note to find it. So when I was switching between the summarized projects, i.e. the word documents going backwards and forwards, it was a pain in the bum. Um, but now, because I'm in Obsidian, there are atomic notes and I can easily find them. Uh, and yeah, so when, when I'm switching backwards and forwards now, because I have a framework structure that allows me to find whatever I want, it doesn't matter where I go or what I do, because I can find the specific point that I want. Because you understand exactly how you work and how you want to work. And ex exactly. And if you do not understand that, you are working from a void. Like, you do not understand yourself. You're working from this, like... It's like when I speak to people when I first start working with them, the reaction is like, well, I don't know. It's like, this is you. This is who you are. It's fundamentally how you work. You should know. If you don't, how are you functioning? Why well, just do what everybody else tells me? Which is why we have everybody creating cohort-based courses, which is why we have everybody creating YouTube channels. And there are so few YouTube channels that actually last. Because you do it because you sort of see other people doing it. You're like, oh, I can do that. I'll do that. And I had fallen real prey to that. I started my YouTube channel. I did a few videos and then I'm like, eh, I just don't care anymore. But now I care. I have videos I want to make and I'm going to make them. And have been making them because they're important and I like them and it's interesting and I will keep doing it because now I understand how I work. Now I understand what matters. That's exactly um, the reason why I moved away from Notion content. Yeah. And that's also I've... kind of in a way why we stopped doing the podcast at a point. Because one, we got busy and two, it wasn't high. It's like we could just keep talking about Notion forever. But it's like you weren't using Notion. I was still using Notion. And it was like, how would this even work now? The conversations would just shift in weird random directions and i and i wasn't ready to continue doing other co other conversations i wasn't sure what to talk about but now we came back together because we both had ideas and thoughts and like hey let's talk about them again mm. and that was the reason why and oh yeah it's so important like i i wish 
I knew this <laughs> right at the beginning of like understanding how I function because once you know how you work, you can just work. Mm-hmm. Because we have to make thousands and thousands and thousands of decisions every day. Tens of thousands of decisions. When I come to work, I don't have to make as many because I just come in and I know what I'm doing. And then I can go into what I'm doing and then I will fall into flow. I don't get a choice in the matter. I will go into flow and I will not stop until it's done. Did you do that deliberately? What did I? The word choice. <laughs> No, but let's say yes. That That is a great segue, John, to our next section. <laughs> Time to do the meaning of words. And today's meaning of word is choice. Now, for context, because I think this is important specifically for what I was saying, this was originally two words put together. We separated them. It was originally choice and decision. I have a piece of content coming out very soon. I don't know whether it will be out by the time this is published around the difference between choice and decision, but they're often viewed as the same thing. There is a difference. And one of my points actually references why there's a difference. So let's jump into the word, which is in notion, because why not? Well, you are first because I went first. I was going to say last week, but about 20 minutes ago. Don't ruin it, boy. Seriously. Let's keep the illusion. The illusion that your camera doesn't keep blipping out. Shut up. <laughs> the, the tech whiz. I'm just going to keep going until you start talking. It's not fair. So for me, a choice is an influenced decision. Are they the two words you used? An influenced decision, yes. That is literally what I wrote for point four. Influenced decision. Really? Word for word. Oh my god, that's so cool! Word for word, influenced decisions. (laughs) Wow. Just for reference, reference, we have no idea what the other person has written. No. Wow. Literally, influenced decision. I put decision in um, quotation marks as well. Did you use the one or the two? Like the two. two quote? Yeah. yeah. Same. Wow, I think the only difference weird. is I've got S. I think the only difference is I've got S. <laughs> wow. Wow. Shall we start that then? Yeah, go for it. Um, so, like, wow, that's really cool. That's the first time that's ever happened. Yeah. Normally we have wildly different thoughts on it, but this one. We, it's like the thought is similar, but we've worded it like drastically differently. Mm. So, and we sort of work our way through to a, a general conclusion. But no, this one literally is just influence decisions. Yeah, yeah. Because because it, when you're given a choice, you're often given very few choices. You have this one or this one. How did you get to this one and this one? Someone influenced that. Someone or something. Someone or, yeah, someone or something influenced that. Because they went from a decision to a choice. Oh, that's so fascinating. I'm just like, ooh. Yeah. I I mean, I I put influence decisions mainly for that reason. Like everyone, anyone, anything, everything influences decisions. Um, And yeah, that's 
that's all I really had to say because every every choice you make is is influenced. I, I I mean, without going into some of the other points, yeah, that's that's all I can really add. What what's what's the second point of yours? So a second point of mine is relation to a specific something. Uh, yeah, I, no, I I don't really have. There's a couple of things that could be similar. I mean, my third point kind of is a better definition of the second point. So it's seeking out something that matches our perspective but can be influenced and affected by someone or something. So is that three different points there then? Yeah, so you mentioned the perspective beginning. Yeah, kind of. But yeah. I put it as one okay. bullet. <laughs> <laughs> this one was really like trying to hone in on choice rather than it adding decision into there mm. because they very much are synonymous. Yeah, they're very connected, but they mean like the context of both are incredibly different. It's why we mm. originally had them together rather than separate, um, where I put them in together. But there is a a nuance. Yeah, I love that word. Me too. I love that word. And I wish more people spoke about nuance rather than saying, hey, the general average is this thing. End of conversation. No, not end of conversation. Um, yeah, so as a, as a second point of mine, which is actually the top point, that I've got is using information to guide future actions. Oh, 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 interesting. One of my other points, action of selection, I put. Mm. So it's like you select an action. So you make a choice between the two things, then you take the action with that thing. That's fascinating. Yeah, it's amazing so how, yeah, go on. My, my thinking behind the using information to guide future actions comes from my research in fatigue mm-hmm. uh, and the, the Bayesian brain hypothesis of how thinking works. Essentially using, so in fatigue, you're, you're, you're using interoceptive circuits. Basically your, your, your body is feeling information. This is how fast my heart is going. This is, I'm sweating because of this thing on my blood pressure and all those sort of interoceptive, those internal cues that your body is receiving, the, the feeling of something. Uh, your body uses that information and compares that information to newer information. Once you've made a prediction, um, to then create future actions so in fatigue if your body is telling your brain uh your heart rate is increasing your lung capacity like you're using your lungs a lot your blood pressure has gone up and all these different physiological triggers that happen with exercise or happen with stress or happen with something happens your body then perceives that and go okay i'm going to use that information this is i'm going to give these future actions which is what fatigue sort of is fatigue is your brain going okay we need to restore ourselves otherwise we're going to burn ourselves into the brown into the ground let's slow down a bit um and that that is a choice not always um a conscious choice which is actually my second point so i because you've done three i kind of wanted to like link mine in uh, and i said the conscious decision between results um or unconscious uh, bodily function because the way I see it is fatigue has an element of choice, uh, an element of conscious choice, but also an element of unconscious choice because I I don't want to say like another point as well <laughs> all at the same time. Uh, but I think choice, there is there is conscious choices that we make, but there are also unconscious choices that we make. Uh, and I think a choice 
is both. <laughs> like yeah, it can be both conscious yeah. and unconscious. Which which yeah, I was gonna say, would you agree? But yeah, absolutely. Like we so our awareness we can consciously choose, but it's also a subconscious process. We go when we look around, our eyes are automatically drawn to certain things as we look around. As I look around and see my bottle, I am making a choice in my head whether I want to take a drink. Do I want to? Is my throat dry? It's like there's a whole there's a whole cycle that happens during when we're just looking at stuff. But mm. there is a so it's unconsciously knowing I need to take a drink and then grabbing it and taking a drink because I have to take action. Mm. It's kind of that. So yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. It's it's yeah. So I'm going to say this. This is my fourth point. So I'm going to add this in. I know you were going first, but I think it's appropriate here. Is I've put bias is an unconscious choice. Oh. Uh, and and the way I see it is a bias. We all have bias. We can't avoid bias. It's just something that we all have. It's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just something we all have. We can choose. We can have a conscious choice. Make a conscious choice to change our bias. Uh, but it's still unconscious because we don't think about our biases when they're being when they're when they're acting on something that we're doing but we can choose to change our bias through yes. knowledge because a choice uses prior prior beliefs prior knowledge prior information prior education prior experience prior communication everything in the past it uses the past to f- fix to educate to influence present which could therefore predict or influence actions for predicting the future i know that's a really wordy way of saying it but essentially our brain is predicting what could happen in the future which is related to our bias i.e our past which is therefore going to change what's happening right now hopefully that made sense with the explanation yes yeah 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 i i'm just like yeah pretty much we both seem to have the same perspective and meaning behind decision a choice sorry I cannot wait to touch on decisions. So one of my points is a restricted decision, which kind of follows onto like an influence decision, but it's also restricted. It is like you've got, when you decide something, the word decide means you cut off the other option. Like the option is gone. I shouldn't really be touching that one because that's another word we're going to talk about later. Mm. But like to decide is to literally chop, to remove, to delete, to get rid of. A choice is like, these are the things you've got and you can choose whichever one. And it's like, you know, one of the points I was going to put on there is that it's a lie because our bias influences our choice. Which is a fascinating concept. And I was like, I nearly put that down. And then I realized a few other points that I liked more. So I kind of decided to get rid of it. That's interesting. So without going into decision... Are you saying a choice doesn't have uh, like a, an end point? That's, that's what it sounds like. Because you said deciding you're chopping something off. Does that mean a choice doesn't have like a, I'm, I'm, I'm not choosing to get rid of that thing. I'm deciding to get rid of that thing. And the choice was whether I make the decision. Yeah, I think so. Which I, I think so. That, that, that's how I've, I've tried to understand yes. what you said. Yeah, it's sort of like you have of... the choice and the decision is the result of the choice. Yes. That, that's how it's come across. Yes. Yes. A decision is permanent. A choice is not. 
in my view. And, and often a decision is something that you have decided. It is you that have, you controlled that. I'm not sure whether I agree with it being permanent, but I understand what the, like the, the point behind permanent was because a decision can always be taken back. I think. Mm, that's a topic for another one. Yeah. Uh, we have to leave that one alone because yeah. we're going into decision. And I'm yeah. So really yeah, well, bringing it back to, to choice, I think, again, you can still bring back choices you've made. Like, I, yes. I, I can make a choice to brush my teeth every morning. Yeah. <laughs> and that then becomes an unconscious choice because I've made it so often it's then become a habit, um, which is there like a habit and bias towards a certain action. Yeah. That is an unconscious choice I make, but I can consciously choose I'm not going to clean my teeth today. Uh, and then that could therefore influence your unconscious choice in future, which is why people can forget to do things, which is why reminders are useful. Uh, so I think choice can change in that sense. Mm. Mm. I've got one more point. Have you got one more point? I have no idea. I've just done them in order of the conversation, if I'm honest. But yeah, I, I've kept track of what points I've mentioned and what I haven't. I've, have you got I've any more? Because you're the conversation, if I'm honest. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm I'm thinking about it. Yeah, my, my brain is like always doing more than one thing at once. <laughs> as I'm, I'm sorry, as I'm sure you're well aware. Oh gosh, yeah, me too. My brain is just like, oh, this is fascinating. I want to talk about decision. Let me talk about decision. So I guess I'll go I'll go with my last point then, which you think you may have covered them all is uh, considering consequences using predictions. Ooh. <laughs> uh, and the again this relates mildly back to fatigue but also looking uh, at making a, a choice at goals what is your goal yeah. well there's gonna yeah the goal the outcome the task the point why um because there are consequences to each choice and you have to make a prediction about what consequence is more appropriate for your context and situation at that time. Again, looking back uh, at one of the episodes we did about um, ABC, about like the point in our business going forwards, sometimes you need to make a choice and go, okay, I'm going to do this thing to get to that thing. And there was a choice with consequences. Maybe you're not going to push social media because at this point in your business, you don't want to, or maybe vice versa at this point in my business i do want to it's a choice and it's it's weighing up the consequences with the predictions that you've made about the potential future actions mm. i'll leave that to you i i, I actually uh, i actually think action of selection is kind of related to what you just said i think i already made that point but it's kind of yeah it, it, it kind of works together in that way. That's how I'm I'm perceiving that for me. It's it's exactly that. It's like you've chosen something, you've made a choice. Now there is action and there is a consequence to that action, expanding my point originally, matching yours of like something will happen next. And and also this is something that I do in parenting. It's like you've made a choice, there is a consequence. That is what you've said you're gonna do. This is the consequence. You know that you have an option. You will always have an option. It may be a restricted option, but you have an option to choose what you do and the choice has a consequence. So yeah, absolutely. I completely, boom. Yeah. I was I was coaching trampoline on Monday. Um, so 
Monday just gone. Uh, and there was, there's a, there's a guy there. So this is university trampoline. Most of them haven't trampoline before at a club as in trained Olympic trampoline. And he, he is worried about getting on the trampoline. Not because he's bad, not because he's worried about any, anything like falling off or anything like that. He's worried about what other people think of him, which is understandable. Um, uh, so he takes short goes. He doesn't have very long goes on trampoline because he doesn't want he doesn't want people to think he looks silly for too long. And it's a choice that he's made in his head previously that he thinks he looks silly on a trampoline. And he has made that choice. And uh, I then gave him that choice again, which he, he didn't do. He had made that choice. It was then an unconscious choice in his head. Every time I got on the trampoline, I look silly. I need to get off the trampoline. So I asked him that question. This is me coaching him on the side of the tramp. Uh, I asked him that question like again. And he said, well, yeah, I look silly. I was like, oh, okay, does that person look silly? No, why not? And we, and we, we went through the, the conversation. And what he realized is everyone looks silly on the trampoline. It just depends what eyes you're looking through and what comparison you're making. So the consequence of his choice changed, which actually changed the choice itself. So instead of taking shorter goes, he actually wanted longer goes because he wanted to look silly more so that he could learn the skill and then not look as silly. He was using the word silly. I didn't like that term, but I went with it because as soon as you add more words into a conversation like that, it gets very complicated very quickly. Uh, but I changed the narrative around the choice he was making by asking the question again and then changing the consequences. And that is one of many tools I use when coaching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. This is, Ooh. I love this conversation on choice because <clears throat> it's a fascinating one. And I'm looking forward to the decision because I think that's where you and I differ. Potentially. It's going to Potentially. Be I, I'm, so for those of you, so we're, we're rounding up the section. For those of you that are still here, my um, my content direction is moving back towards research, back towards my my background in science and coaching science. Uh, and I think a lot of the conversations that I've had in lecture around a lot of the topics are being had in communities, in those learning communities. But they're being had with individuals that are not coming from a sports coaching background, are not coming from... Uh, pedagogics or science they're coming from experience and anecdotal experience which is perfectly fine but as soon as you bring in science research and an academic mind into those conversations it can clean up some of what's going on I see a lot of conversations around different things and I'm like we need to clean up what that is we need to clean up what this is we need to express a couple of these theories a couple of these pieces of research that that are around in in psychology and sociology so we can clean up this discussion going backwards and forwards because at the moment it's very much a never-ending backwards and forwards conversation which is fine but there's there's not going to be a protocol an action a habit a, a result from the conversation apart from just having the conversation and that is where i want my my videos my content my research to go it's starting to bring some guidance to the conversation uh, in in some ways and that's where sort of linking back to i think was it was it this one uh, or was it the last one? I can't remember there. No, it was, it was last week's episode. Um, we've done them so quickly uh, combining together. Um, but that's where the, the communities, the learning communities uh, from last week, having someone or something or a project or something to guide a conversation forwards. 
and that's where my content is going and that's where i think this can lead <clears throat> and, I, and i also think that, that that links very nicely when you have a conversation so like the thing i'm loving most about i mean we've only done a couple of these like words meaning of words but having that conversation helps me to understand how i work better and i think talking to other people learning new things brings in that understanding of like hey that doesn't make sense to me why and especially with different perspectives not just different business perspective but different areas like mm. that, that's it's one of the reasons that i went out of sport because I, I, my whole education has been in sport. I did sports BTEC, PE, like everything that I've done in formal education has been sport related. I came out of that, went into the business world and business coaching is not sports coaching. There is Mm -mm. basically coaching is exactly the same, but business coaching for whatever reason doesn't have anywhere near the amount of academic research behind for some reason. Um, And if you take sport, out of the sport coaching research almost all of it applies to business Mm. but i don't see it for whatever reason (laughs) that's another reason why kind of my transition is into because productivity has been made to be this it's very like factual it's not emotional Mm. when the truth is it's very emotional how we function is emotions are literally you know how we as human beings work energy and motion yeah energy yeah exactly i was about to say that energy and motion it's 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 like managing our energy managing how we work and for me where my focus is shifting in business and in productivity is that it is harnessing our energy in motion harnessing our emotions harnessing how we function naturally because we all have a system. We are basically a series of systems that come together and work together. Like, you know, we are a system. If you think about it rationally, that's how we function. And it's about connecting that to our tools and our business and how we work. Because if you can connect how you function at a base level, there is so much like what your what your schematic is, there is just so much. I'm intrigued your reaction to that. As soon as you say schematic, I think of a research schematic of we're going to do this, then this, then this, and this. And, oh, hi, I got sick of schematics. I mean that from a, 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 a psychology standpoint, not a step-by-step guide. Same thing. Schematics <laughs> yeah, are too linear. Yeah, I know it is, but that's a term. A framework. I prefer the term framework, framework. but I know what's... I agree. Yeah. yeah, it's like a framework of how you function, which is why my personal productivity thing is a framework. It's like, this is where you start and this is how we can lead the conversation on. It's a, way, it's a starting point going back to last week's episode. It's like the beginning of a journey into figuring out how you work so that if you want to increase productivity, we do need to wrap up, I know. But like, if you want to increase your, your productivity, you need to have an understanding of how you work. If you want to make more money in your business and want to run a business, you need to understand how you work. If you want to function in society in a way that, that feels good to you, you need to understand how you work. It matters because without all of those things, it matters because without all of those things... <laughs> um... And I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> Without all of those things, without that understanding of how you work, flow doesn't happen. Your productivity decreases. How you work doesn't, you you can't function in a way that you want to. 
And to, to round it all out, the, the reason I sort of went on a little side tangent as to what I'm doing is I made the choice to go, I'm going in this direction. These are the potential consequences. I've weighed that up and gone, yes, I'm going to do this because this is what I want to do. That's a choice I made. And it's a choice that I'm happy with. The choice led to the decision. You've cut that off. Like to me, that, that choice led to your decision. We'll talk about decision another time. I cannot wait to talk about decision now. It's going to be great. <laughs> right. And we'll leave that one there. So uh, let us yeah, know I'll, what I'll you I'll see you in two weeks, John. Yeah, right. Let us know what you think. We really, really value these conversations and tweet us. Tweet at us. Don't just ask about the apps. Talk about this conversation with us. It's a hard conversation to have and there is no right or wrong answer. That's why it's so cool. Because you, your perspective is just as valid as ours. Wow. Actually, there is a right and a wrong answer. It's just perspective. Okay.